0: Welcome back to Incremental, the continuous improvement podcast. This is our practice edition where we talk about improvements we made throughout the week in our shops and tie them back to lean principles. I'm Uriel Eisen from Austere Manufacturing.
1: And I am Devin Bedoni from Lichen Precision. And you've got a quote. To know and not to do is not yet to know, Zen saying.
0: Yeah. I feel like uh, that describes my business. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like it describes perfectly what I experienced this past week uh-huh. with flow. Oh, yeah. Because I knew what flow was. Uh-huh. I've been reading about it. We've been talking about it. And then I experienced it. Yeah. And it was pretty eye-opening.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, S- so, so you're
1: you're saying that you're on one side of the thing and I'm on the other side. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Looking through a... Yeah. Throw uh, no,
0: basically cracked it. So <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, you had some good little tidbits from uh, Lean Made Simple.
0: Yeah, so I think we mentioned the podcast on here, but it's another Lean podcast from the folks over at Seating Matters. Um,
1: also, great if you love an Irish accent.
0: That's true for sure. <laughs> um, yeah highly recommend it um a few things that have been really interesting to me that I it's kind of stuck with me um one was leaving things better than you found them just generally mm. um it was just an it, it's sort of a nice way to walk through uh life I guess but like just in the shop yeah um I don't know it's kind of helped me just be like okay I'm leaving this area is it nicer than when I found it mm. the answer is almost always no but you know <laughs> It's so like you got to have something to stride for, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was one that's just been, yeah, a nice thing that just stuck in my head. Um, but then two really, nice tri- uh, two really nice sort of triggers for improvement. One is in 3Sing. Um, I forget who they were quoting, but basically sort, sweep, standardize. Sorting and sweeping are pretty straightforward. Um, and then they had a definition from, I'm forgetting whom, but basically... That standardizes anything you do that prevents the problem from recurring.
1: So that you don't have to sort and sweep again. Kind of. Either that or That's just... That's how I thought yeah, about it when you mentioned yeah. it to me. Yeah, exactly.
0: So like, why is there stuff on my desk? Yeah. You can sort the stuff off of your desk. You can sweep your desk. Yeah. But then why is the stuff there? And often it's like, well, there's no system in place. Like for me, I'll just talk, speak about one that I've found... Um, there's 3D-printed prototypes of buckles, like, everywhere, (laughs) all over the place. Making it rain. Uh, It's something like that. (laughs) But what I realized is the part that I don't have standardized is a system for cataloging and keeping the prototypes. I don't want to throw them away. Uh Also, there's no next steps with them, really. They're sort of there as a reference. Yeah. Um, and there's no cataloging system built out. So yeah. what I have re- uh, what I want are some bins divided, I think, by types of buckles. Uh-huh. And then like a supply of Ziploc bags that I can put prototypes in and like a Sharpie or a note taking something so I can write, you know, the date and what the prototype was about. Yeah. And sort of what I was testing and what I learned or something like that.
1: And then... In a perfect world, you'd tie this back to your versioning and your file management system. That
0: would be a perfect world. Right. So, like, that whole standardization, I haven't done. Yeah. And so, instead, there's a lot of sorting and sweeping to do uh-huh. <laughs> and just stuff floating all over the place. Yeah. Um, so, I really like that. Uh, so, was, again, um, the standardizing step is anything you do that prevents a problem from recurring. Mm-hmm. Um, then the, the last one, um, that I really liked uh, another trigger for improvement is basically putting the answer where the question is, is the way they say it. And so anytime you have a question, whether that's for someone else and you go ask them or someone comes and asks you, or you just find yourself sitting there being like, what was that number? Or any, (laughs) any of the above, just anytime there's a question, there's an opportunity for an improvement, Yep. And if you are always solving that problem, um, the day can just flow a lot easier, right? Like it's not filled with interruptions of every task becomes like a whole bunch of stacked annoyances. And yeah. <laughs> you know, like some tasks, I don't know. Like we had this with um, when we standardized our soft job production. Yeah. Before that, it was a hassle. It messed up my whole day. It was always something I kind of <laughs> dreaded. I was like, oh, God, I really tried to avoid it. We tried to, like, recut our soft jaws just a little yeah, and all this. And then the second it was easy, there's sort of no questions of where was that folder? Do we have good G-code for these? Any of that. It's like a stable process. Anyway, yeah. Um, all the way to very simple things, like something we're dealing with is, like, are parts ready for paint? And that's something I ask Sam pretty frequently. Uh-huh. I don't have a way of solving that quite yet. Um, we've tried. Um, anyway, but yeah, these are all opportunities for improvement. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples. There's like such basic examples. Like where's the dustpan would be a question, <laughs> right? And it doesn't have a spot that it goes back in or lives in.
1: I mean, there it's innumerable, right? Like I think once you start to think in this way, you realize that like, A lot of businesses, like this is the majority of what a business is, is like people asking other people questions about state and status.
0: Yeah, right, right. And so if that's, and that you sort of solved a lot of that with your job board, so anyone can look at a thing.
1: Up to a point, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) for sure. But
0: I think that was a big struggle.
1: We got it a long way down the road. Yeah, Yeah. I'll I'll say that. Yeah. I'll I'll give myself that. But even
0: simple things like I walk into the shop and I uh, have the question of where should I put my bag? right yeah. now because we don't have a place right so like that would be a thing <laughs> do you ask sam every day yeah where's like why do you I ask me every this? day yeah <laughs> 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 like it um anyway so a few triggers i really like finding different um i don't know what it, what the word is exactly i guess triggers yeah for stopping what you're doing and realizing oh there's a thing here oh uh-huh.
1: um, anyway Nice. Well, uh, I'll lead us off here. Kick us off. Um, I'll talk about the thing, and then I guess I'll fill in the context afterwards because it's not going to make a lot of sense otherwise. So we made a quick label printing template um, that just prints a part number from an active job in our Airtable database. Oh, cool. Um, And sort of the driving force behind this is we're – continually trying to like well we're 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 talking a lot (laughs) about how to improve our (laughs) shipping process
0: well that's something
1: (laughs) it's something um your shipping process our ship packing and shipping process
0: and so what's the issue the
1: issue that came with here is that like right now generally speaking we'll wrap parts in like craft paper Mm -hmm. to protect them and then we'll usually like hand write the part number on Mm. on the wrapping um we have one customer that's pretty large uh they get a lot of stuff okay so there's like you know a whole team dedicated to like unpacking and sorting and like making sure everything ends up in the right place okay um and i think i think what happened is internally i think one of our people wrote down either just the handwriting confused like a four for a nine or wrote down the wrong part number because they were reading it off of a po incorrectly or something there was Uh some sort of mismatch so this was a simple way to just be like this is the purchase order this is what the active jobs we have just print off these three records you still have to choose the correct ones but it's there's a lot more like simple verification to to do there interesting and then we'll just stick them to we are just sticking them to the the wrapped paper at that point that's cool so trying to avoid some confusion um Sidebar about that with Airtable that I've really enjoyed. They have this very, it's not very like automated, but it's it does it's fairly robust, just like a document maker they
0: call it. <sighs> You're making me jealous. Coda is g- really lacking. That. Oh, yeah, <laughs> deeply, deeply lacking.
1: Like it's really simple, like it's very manual when mm. you create the original template.
0: But it's sort of tying a certain fe- area of your paper to a particular field of a record. Yeah, basically right? you just
1: like pick a document size, like a piece yeah. of paper, and then you can, within a certain database, you can pick any field and display it. And That's awesome. as you click through the different records, as they call them, it will populate the correct yep. stuff. Yeah. Um,
0: yes, I really would like that. Yeah,
1: so we've used that pretty extensively, and it made this like into like a less than five minute thing almost that's awesome yeah
0: and so now you just have to highlight the right record and then hit print and print the number of copies you want essentially yep okay
1: yeah so we might you know also build it out at some point with a like a you know one of two two of two three of or <laughs> you know where i was
0: going
1: <laughs> i do uh but for the moment just having everything properly labeled and yeah. legible is, is the goal
0: interesting is there a scenario where when you print stuff off, all of that stuff happens? Like where that document is comprised of a few documents or not really?
1: Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, we're still sort of like figuring, trying to figure out how to do this packing slip. I mean, that sounds like a
0: big step in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And there's a very real world in which that packing slip is like just on a thermal printer. And right. This stuff is included and we get, you know, yeah. I And mean, it's like a sequence of things. Right. We
0: had a failure actually on a... Because we were... I don't know if I ever talked about this improvement. Um, we were shipping off of thermally printed uh, packing slips. Yeah. And we packed someone five of something because the print looked like a five, but it was actually a six. Oh. <laughs> so the person messaged us from Mexico and was like, hey, uh, what happened? So our improvement was using the computer screen when we're oh, producing not reading and the off tag the paper. Is, yeah, yeah exactly
1: that seems worthwhile yeah sometimes the thermal printing leaves a little bit to be desired
0: yeah yeah and when the text gets small um on that note um we rebuilt our shipping cell a while ago we've continuously been improving that shipping cell yeah um we posted a reel on Instagram of just a top view of our assembly station and got a lot of great recommendations from people of how to improve things. There's a video, right, of like yeah. a time lapse. It's yeah, just a I think I sped it up. Okay. Yep. And it's just uh, moving through the process. We had a lot of things that were kind of like you'd start it, it basically flowed clockwise, but not always, uh-huh. and so you'd sort of like assemble parts all the way to the left. And then turn 90 degrees clockwise to the sewing machine. But then there wasn't really enough room on the sewing machine table to hold all the fixtures. Mm. And so what ended up happening, not explicitly, but just sort of what happened was the fixtures lived 180 degrees from the assembly area in the U-shaped cell. So you'd sort of turn 180 degrees, load the fixture, turn counterclockwise 90 to put it into the sewing machine. And then turn counterclockwise again, like, you know, whatever, 15 degrees to where you would melt the threads and wind the strap Mm. and then turn clockwise back to the shipping station. Yeah. So there's a lot of back and forth. Also, the printer was all the way at the beginning. And so to pack and ship, you would like scan it and then grab an envelope and then have to turn 180 degrees to grab the label and sort of turn back to deposit the whole. It was. Yeah. Yeah. We took one step forward, two step back kind of a thing. Um, And so we kind of got all that dialed in. So we rebuilt the sewing machine table. We uh, moved the printer and scanner all the way to the all the way clockwise location Uh in the U-shaped cell. Um, And then we put two computer screens so that you could see them from any position Mm. And we have two Bluetooth mouses, mice, Miesen, Um, that, so you can operate it in the two positions. One of them, you only need a mouse. You uh, can have two hooked up at once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. If you ever want to piss someone off, you just secretly plug one into their computer. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I thought my keyboard was defective for a while because the space bar was stuck, but I didn't realize my Bluetooth keyboard in my backpack Uh-oh. was connected and pressed um yeah so you can (laughs) connect a bunch um so yeah so we added a screen so that you can work off of the screen and move the scanner and the and move the winder and the thread trimmer and move the like rewired the control on the sewing machine so that you select the program Mm. and then turn clockwise to the sewing machine like every step is just a little bit clockwise from the previous step yeah And it really reduces mental load. You just—it's right. You just go through it. More ergonomic. It's way less secure. Like I don't know. It's—it's really a lot better. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was a really cool, good one. Yeah. (coughs) It was one of those where we had talked about it for like six months about rebuilding the sewing machine table, Uh and then inevitably we just like started production (laughs) because it was like I need to cut a board and I need to yeah. (laughs) So we never did it. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: And then it was smack dab in your face. and
0: Yeah. And we were doing so many and trying to Im- increase the throughput. Yeah. Um, so it just made sense. Cool. Yeah.
1: Super cool. Um, this small one uh, falls under the standardized, I think. Um, a while ago, like our, when we use our soft jaws on our KSC vices versus the hard jaws, they need different length screws. Oh, okay. It's kind of annoying. I should probably just redesign the soft jaws. Well, no, cuz it's nice to have the depth. I'm just thinking out loud now. Um <clears throat> anyway, they ne- they use different length screws. So I like put an SOP in Airtable that describes what length you need, but you still have to go find them mm-hmm. and then you have to measure them. Uh which is silly. Uh and they're often like floating around because life. Yeah, because life. <laughs> Uh, so I just added a little labeled box at each of the mill workstations that just has very nice where, what it is and how long it's supposed to be. So it's just like soft jaw screws, M10 by 25 millimeter. That's awesome. So they can go in there. Wow. Sounds small. Sounds simple. Sounds small. Sounds simple. It's funny. I haven't stack up. (laughs) They do. I haven't been running machines a lot. And now whenever I do, I'm like, Oh my God, I've (laughs) experienced
0: that too. And I think it's sort of, um, I mean, it's a combination of, like, fresh eyes on a problem. Uh-huh. And also, I think, um, I don't know exactly how to say it. Like, I am obsessed with this stuff. And it's, like, what I think about when I'm working is mm-hmm. how could this be better, <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't think everyone's doing that all the time. Yeah. And there's a certain comfort to not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think also... Anyway, yeah, but it is sometimes frustrating to me to see problems persist. Yeah. But also maybe I just don't have like maybe someone watching me would have the same feeling. That's actually now that I'm saying that, probably exactly what's happening. <laughs> Highly likely. Right, the ones we're used to yeah, that's what it yes. is. <laughs> I'm sure so really what I need is people doing my job intermittently and being like, dude, wh- what? <laughs> like really? How um, did you just Which I guess that is sort times. of what happened with Alicia when he jumped into my um fusion file mm. uh system System. let's say (laughs) air quotes (laughs) system air quotes system um nice that is great um we oh i sort of talked about this last episode but um new trays to hold parts in the oven yep um a piece i didn't mention is once i did that we had to reconfigure the oven to hang our buckles how we used to do them The old buckles hang in the oven, and so Uh it would only require one rack all the way at the top, and all the buckles would hang from it, basically. Yeah, Yeah. And the new system had, like, four shelves in the oven. Oh. And so I realized the other day that I had delayed painting some cam buckles for, like, four days, and our supply was getting dire. Ah. But... It was so important to keep flowing belts, so I made a tray also to hold the other style. Oh, cool. Of racks so now we can kind of flow them through without reconfiguring the oven. Thanks. Which I guess is sort of standardizing. Yeah. Uh that on seems one, absolutely standardized. <laughs> <That's laughs> not of ambiguous definition of it actually. <laughs> yeah, we have a standard oven configuration. Yeah. So, go smed. Go smith. Yeah, I guess so. I uh, hadn't thought about it in that terms, in, the, in those terms. It's also a higher density of parts, a, a part actually. Oh, cool. And it's kind of nice because it decreases the chances of scrapping parts by touching them. Yeah. It does. A, I'm trying to think what else. It's really quite a lot better. It's something I've been thinking about doing for a long time, and ah. I was like, maybe I'll use magnets. Maybe I'll use this. Maybe I'll use that. I ended up using sheet metal. Mm. Um, I think it's something I'm going to focus on a little bit harder is building out a nice workflow in our shop for sheet metal. Mm. Um, right now we just, I, I keep, um, I want to say it's 22-gauge galvanized sheet. Just like flashing or something? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I think it's like a uh, 16-inch wide roll. Uh-huh. Um, and some shears. I 3D printed some, I, th- I forget if I mentioned this on the pod. I don't think I did. I um, think 3D so. printed some bending Tools. So basically, all of the offsets from the edge. I had to make like 40. uh, Is that right? Mm, 20 of these pieces. And each one has probably like, I don't remember exactly, uh, probably like 25 bends. So it's a lot of bends. Yeah. And so I actually just, it took me like 10 minutes of CAD, um, made these tools that had the right width and the right depth of slot in them. So you could slide it in from the edge and make your bend. Yeah. And it was in the right place. Um, and that really worked really well cool obviously a press break would be cool but <laughs> i don't have one
1: <laughs> also for that little stuff like a press break would be i mean i guess you can get a small little break yeah there's some small ones yeah. that are pretty sweet i guess even if it's a press break even a big press with small dies can do pretty
0: detailed yeah work. i'm not yeah as you're saying i'm not sure that a press break would make more sense for this they probably would be cleaner bends yeah but this worked really nicely yeah um and it's just cheap and then we have a rivet like a pneumatic riveter oh yeah. and we also have which is big uh clicos yeah so that really um oh and i improved the clico process at the beginning i was clicoing every hole i drilled mm. and then i realized that the last hole you drill on both ends of an array of rivets you don't actually need to clico oh uh. because that's the last one and yeah anyway so <laughs> so you just rivet it yeah it's yeah. all riveted thanks uh yeah Setting up a friction, like a not friction welder, a spot welder would be nice. Oh yeah, and I even have one, but (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, I do know,
1: I do. Yep. Um, another small one. Um, we have, we're still midstream on this, but updating kind of how we handle our scrap, our machining scrap, chips. Okay. Um, In
0: the shop, or like where they go after. Uh, or both? both, both. Okay. Yeah.
1: So we got a big, a while back, we got a big dumpster, like a right. tw- 20 yard dumpster for aluminum. Um, and then our old system, which had been filling IBC totes with mm-hmm. the tops cut off. Um, we're using that kind of for everything else, but it was unlabeled. So I just added labels to or signs to the different bins oh, nice. for what materials go in each.
0: Eliminate the question, eliminate the question, which bin should this go in?
1: Yeah. And it's actually kind of funny. Cause like uh, I walked over and I was like, is that stainless? Uh, and my employee was like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> pointed at the sign and he was like, Oh, cool. <laughs> Cause it was in the, in the mixed one instead of in the stainless one. I, sometimes I forget to actually tell people about things. I just yeah. like do it. Uh, but yeah i think it'll be good going forward and i just made it like clip on so you could they're not like attached oh, nice. permanently so yeah they can mix and match as they come and go
0: excellent yeah um this one i also talked about in last week's episode but um flow through the oven instead yeah. of batching um so that was a big improvement or just tried. smaller batching smaller batching for sure overlapping batches exactly that like as parts are ready they start the process of baking instead of waiting for everything that's going to be baked to be done yeah obviously we're still painting 20 buckle components or 10 buckle assemblies per batch so that could be cut again yeah and i would love to but yeah there's a huge what i've learned uh, this past week is that there's a very big difference <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, between waiting to pass everything and then just passing it as is convenient. Not as is convenient.
1: More. In synchronization.
0: Yes, that's it. Matching some sort of tax time, I yeah. guess.
1: Cool. Um, we are on a little bit of a mission to have more accountability for inspection. Mm, nice. Just like ver-
0: initialing things or what?
1: Yeah, just verification. Like, did that part actually get, uh, you know, checked after proof out who did it? Nice. Did it? Yeah. Did it happen? Um, And part of that is, like, actually following SOPs for our, like, proof out procedure. But then also having a way to document it is going to be critical moving forward. So I just... To document it. the results. The results right now we're like or just that it happened. We're right now we're just trying to document that it happened. Uh-huh. So I added just a checkbox and an attachment field and a drop down like a selector in, okay. in Airtable. So when you proof out a part, you can check that it was proofed. You can um if you are going to do an inspection report, you can scan it and attach it. Cool. Um and then there's a drop down menu with each of the people that work in the shop. So you can select your name as the person who checked the box. Um, how we make this something that people actually do. I don't know yet. Um, it's Uh in a way that's not just like wrote, uh, like, I'm still... I, I, I have a strong belief in systems that are, like, self-reinforcing. And I don't know how totally. to make the self-reinforcing yet.
0: Yeah, I feel like... The, the I forget, two weeks ago, the title of our episode was Make the Proper Way the the Easy Way. Yeah. <laughs> Basically that, right? Right.
1: And with inspection, it's hard because it's almost never the easy way. Like, it I is... I know what you
0: mean. That yeah. said, I think sort of what you're talking about is, like, if you physically couldn't get the part, like couldn't start the machine without checking that box, uh, then that starts to at least. Sure. It's I guess that's poke not so much the easy way is the right way. Yeah. <coughs> it, it's well, like- it is, but you've artificially made every other way hard. <laughs> right, yeah. In the
1: operation, it's almost never the easy way. Like as an operator setting up and running a machine, it's much simpler to just be like, okay, that looks good. Let's go versus
0: totally i've done that really with devastating results yeah same like you run you're like great and then you run a bunch of parts and then you're sort of like feeling high Yeah, and then you're (laughs) looking at them closer and you're like uh-oh oh that's on all of them okay start again (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so that's uh we're still gonna have to sort that out um but i figure at least having a place for the information to live is a i found that to be a key part of all of this like uh once it's there at least you can be like well it was there and we talked about it right so let's figure out a way to make this happen versus being like i think we should do this and everyone's like well there's nowhere to do it
0: do you have an sop for or check you have a checklist for uh going from yellow on to green yeah as you say that i'm realizing that that it's
1: well yeah definitely as you said that i'm realizing that it's not technically a checklist and that you don't actually have to check it off okay So maybe that is part of the process. Yeah. The
0: point and call is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've, we've fallen. Well, we had a failure that was only due to a lack of a point and call that we've already implemented. So I just feel like Mm -hmm. it's like with QC, it's really easy to be like, well, it's been good for the last seven times. Right. And then you start to get lax. Yeah. That one's tough. Yeah.
1: As we kind of move towards probably having our, our little work order slips travel with jobs through the shop I think it could potentially be a that could be a, a touch point where right. like okay so the, the work order slip doesn't actually move to the machine until all these boxes are
0: checked right yeah is there anywhere in Airtable can you do like could you go from filling out a spreadsheet to essentially being in more of a like a work page like Google Forms right you can Fill out a Google form uh,
1: and probably. you can have
0: required fields.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I, I wonder know. if
0: you could work on it instead of like d- editing the data in a raw format. If uh-huh. you could create a like work pages essentially where it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's different views for sure. And then then like hit submit mm-hmm. and then it'll bring you to the next like machining status or page. Uh huh. I don't know. Yeah, it seems I feel like that verges on the like bureaucratic or it something does have that vibe. About yeah, it. of like, we will treat you like a dum-dum. <laughs> yeah. But it is also I, I guess if the intention is clearly poke and it's not like, well, we won't give you access because you're not s- authorized. Yeah. It's more just like, let's build a view where the user only sees the stuff they should the stuff that's actionable. Yeah and make sure they don't miss anything before moving to the next step. Yeah. I don't know. Mhm. It's putting a nice skin on. <laughs> Good spin <laughs> on bureaucracy. Exactly. Yeah. Um they say about um regulations prevent failure and ensure mediocrity. Mhm. Mhm. It's that. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> Can see that. Let's see. I touched on that one. I touched on this last week. Also, adding multiple timers at each station to allow for yeah, yeah. Are we calling it flow? What are we calling it? It's reduced batch sizing, but it does feel like flow. Synchronization. It's not single single piece flow, but it is flow. Yeah. Whereas as stuff gets passed, it gets started, and Mm -hmm. it's not. Well, it's funny because it, right, it is batched. It's just a smaller increment. But really, I would say the the differentiation has been realizing that just because a process has started doesn't mean you can't add or subtract from it. Mm-hmm. And some of them you can't, which is annoying, like our sandblaster, right? Uh, but like a degrease yeah. bin or <laughs> a tank, uh, you can add parts, yeah. set timer one, add a second batch, set timer two, add a third batch. Yeah stuff in and out of an oven similarly.
1: Yeah. It seems like it's more a synchronization and a lack of queuing. Yeah. Like you're removing the queue at the front of each process by putting it in as it's available.
0: Yes. And building the tools to make that trackable. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Nice.
1: Um, Another small one. I altered our job board so that it, you know, it's divided into like vertical columns for each operation within the shop yep um <clears throat> and then they're segregated uh horizontally into rows okay based on which machine they're going to run through uh-huh then i but like we're having this silly thing where a bunch of single parts might get run on one machine and all shipped to anodize uh-huh and so then there's like 10 different slips trying to share this little square on the oh, at yeah. anodize thing and i was like everything after the machine doesn't need to be segregated by machine. It's just like, it's all the oh, same thing. Interesting. So I just white erase, <laughs> erase some lines. Uh, so now we have general fields for like everything post machining where, okay. Any part that's in that process, regardless of what machine it ran on can live there. Nice. In harmony.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. Small, but much more readable. Small, but useful. Yeah. Um, nice oh here's a little one we have all these things like warming up a machine or like warming up an oven mm. or after you paint you're meant to let the solvents flash before mm. putting it into a hot oven yeah and i was sort of managing that by i don't know feel or mental load or something mm-hmm. so in ordering all these timers i've now added timers all over the place for those <laughs> different processes so like it's like you do you finish a batch of, like, when I get a, a batch of paint that needs to go in, I hit the timer. When that timer goes off, it's ready to go in. Uh huh. Um, it feels nice because you don't have to track it yeah. in your head. We now are getting to a, po- a point where there's, like, a lot of timers going, yeah. <laughs> going off in the shop <laughs> all over the place. So I think we will have to solve that problem next uh-huh. in some way. I'm not sure how. Different
1: ringtones for each one
0: kind of thing. Maybe or maybe lights instead of noise oh, or maybe yeah. noise some places and li- like, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's definitely <laughs> going to become an issue. Um, it's like a clock shop. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's getting, dong. it's getting close. It's getting close. So, um, but, besides just reduced like mental load, which I feel like you don't notice it building, but then you notice when it's taken away. You're mm-hmm. like, wow, I don't need to track that. Um, also just feels good to have things standardized in a real way Yeah. where it's like, okay, now we are doing things the same every time instead of it being like, yeah, it's been a few minutes. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. ahead and start this process. And then when you have variability in the results, it's very hard to know where those they're coming from. And Yeah. I think it's like um, they say like lean is, you know, scientific thinking and whatever the pillars of lean are depending Mm. which chapter of the book you look at right yeah (laughs) but um like when you're running a science experiment you control all but one variable yeah hopefully so yeah we don't but you know we we aspire to (laughs) yeah uh well that's all i got um i have one more well i feel like i have more that i didn't put but um it's been a crazy week uh I ordered an automatic webbing cutter nice so we we're having issues with the webbing cutting um, I mean it's time-consuming but it's even more time consuming trying to get the end looking clean mm. so we've been spending a good amount of time making sure each one is looking good yeah which is a bummer so we got an automatic uh, webbing cutter which has solved some issues and created some other issues mm. You need to warm it up for a while and then it also, it's very fast, um, but changing the lengths is not fast. Oh. Like it's not, it's probably like 15 seconds to change the length. It's not a lot, but you're not going to do it live, right? So now we're sort of batching.
1: So it's not just an automatic cutter. It's an automatic like.
0: Measure cut. Measure cut. Yeah. And repeat. So if we wanted like a thousand of this length. Yeah. It's real good at that real good at that and in classic form most machines are not built for lean or single piece flow yeah um so we have a scheme of maybe how to kind of hack it to do the thing we want like having pre-programmed buttons that do different lengths oh but for now we're just making it, making it work uh-huh. um trying to think what wastes we are kind of solving i mean defects sounds like Defects, for sure. Over Over over-proce- over-processing. overprocessing, wasted human potential. <laughs> um, yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't have as much control as I'd like. So like the cut speed, there's no ability to add like a dwell with the hot knife down. Mm. And so we're having this issue. Um, we're still needing to do some melting afterward. It mm. is still faster mm. and more accurate and a better result. So it's a net win generally a win i'm not fully satisfied uh there's this idea that like a piece of equipment from toyota the you know a piece of equipment is the worst it will ever be on the day you buy it uh uh-huh. um, hopefully i think that's not true in most shops yes. but i think it is maybe true at toyota yeah a because they yeah. modify their stuff a lot and b because they take obsessively good care of their equipment well and improve and hopefully. rebuild it yeah um when it gets old and worn um yeah that's all i got cool speaking cool. of old and worn actually <laughs> uh my mist collector on the cnc started whistle like a really high-pitched wine hmm. i'm thinking i don't know if it's like a bad bearing or needs grease but i feel like it's sealed bearing it's like mm. i don't think you can grease them <laughs> I don't know. Any thoughts on that? No. All right, write <laughs> in if you know. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's all I have for you there. Um, yeah. Cool. Thanks
1: everyone for listening along, coming on the ride. Uh, please continue to write in and give us feedback, all the good stuff, or just start conversations. It's been fun uh, having friendships grow up around this. Yeah. In new ways, uh, <clears throat> new people, in new ways. Um, you can find me on the internet at lichenprecision.com. On Instagram at lichen underscore MFG. We have a Patreon. Go give it
0: a look. And you can find me at austere underscore manufacturing on Instagram and austere mfg.com And we will be back next week. Talk to you soon.